as they get both feet in right here at the end, Jim. to the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. So the New York Jets, fewer than 20 points in five of the six games this, this year. Not that great. Um, I do think that Buffalo wins this game. I do think that we win handily. But I will say that those are not part of the friend's fortune. The friend's fortune is that the New York Jets will score more than 20 points this week. I think it'll be 21, might be more. Um, but they will score 20 or more points this week. I love that that's where we've uh, gotten. That is because I'm all over the Buffalo Bills this week. They are coming off two consecutive losses. I think Josh Allen is going to combine for six touchdowns this week. Total touchdowns. He took the blame on himself completely for the loss against the Chiefs. Stop. Said the team I love, I love that when it's yours, you're always like, you can stop. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to explain it when people already heard it, and it's clearly wrong. Yikes. Didn't score a single touchdown. Nope. That's rough, man. For yeah. us and for you. Yeah. So. I mean, it's okay. <clears throat> well, we both got it wrong. But at least I got it wrong about the Buffalo Bills. What? Does that make it better? It does. Why? Makes me feel not so bad that I was like, you know what? I'm rooting, I'm rooting for this team pretty hardcore, and they let me down. Anytime I do that, I root for the Bills. They let me down. Really? Yeah. You're not rooting for the Bills always? No. I'm always rooting for the Packers and the Dolphins. I don't want to say always. I mean, even when we're playing, I'm rooting for it to be at least close. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Simultaneous Catch, everybody. My name is Adam Spooky Rossi. And I'm Josh Chills. In your spine lapping. Oh, yeah. The spooky episode of Simultaneous Catch. Wow, you still sound so tired, man. I did just wake up a little bit ago. Gotta slap so, them cheeks. Yeah. Get in the Halloween spirit. We got a nice little pumpkin here. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, we got on? a pumpkin on the table. We've got... We gotta carve that once we get our p- carving tools. I don't know where to get carving tools. You're the one who's Anywhere, the expert. Anywhere. A store. Walmart. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Well, Since Amazon. you're a Prime member... I am an Amazon Prime member. Then I and I, that, I that never use like tomorrow. And I never use the delivery thing ever for some reason. I don't know. That I, confuses me. Like I only use it for streaming because I watch the shows that are. on I there. really use it for the shopping service, and then I'm like, oh, I have this to watch something on. But then every time I go to like, it's like, 
this isn't part of Prime. You have to rent yeah, this Yeah, that is one. kind of annoying, and some of them are, like, not. I found I have found one movie that I've wanted to watch that was That was a hundred. Well, I, 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 had it, I had it for a while just for the shows, because, like, Game of Thrones was on Prime for a long time, and then it was just HBO, and then. Oh, so. I, I did watch Jack Ryan with my dad. There so. you go. Anyways, we are here to talk about football, not Amazon. We are. So let's get into our Halloween episode. This is the one that is near and dear to our hearts, everybody. We do get a lot of people that tend to listen to this episode. I don't know why it's different than the rest of them. Obviously, we have a lot of fun with this, but... um, We do. Shut up. Anyway, let's talk about early game of the year, huh? Let's talk about Arizona versus Seattle going down to the very end of overtime and almost giving us our second tie. I was really hoping for a tie. I know, because you were, I mean, I had gone to work and I had done, I had started doing my paperwork for the day while I was watching it. And then when it got to overtime, I like just went in the back in the break room and watched the and whole And did not overtime. do your job. It was hysterical. So hopefully no one at the... Uh, Are you kidding? I tell all my, I tell all of the people that I work with, you guys should listen to the podcast. And most, and and it's different. It's different. It's different than when we used to work at Panera. Nobody really liked football at Panera, but like there are people who love football at my job who do not listen to the podcast. It's ridiculous. So yes, uh, early game of the year. I agree. Over seventy total points scored, nearly eleven hundred yards. Yeah, between the two teams. Some history was set. Russell Wilson passed Matt Hasselbeck is the most for the most completions in Seahawks history. Matt so, Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> Kyler Murray came out after the game after they won and said, "These are the games you dream about." And That's true. Uh, I feel like it lived up to that. I think certainly as a player, those are the games you dream about. But as a fan, like those are just the games that I love. Well, and I was listening to the fantasy footballers, and they were cause they're huge Arizona fans. <laughs> they said they got. Uh, tweets from Arizona fans that after, like, when DK caught the screen, DK Metcalf caught the screen pass in overtime that he ran in for the touchdown, that fans rage quit, turned the TV off, and walked away and went and cleaned <laughs> their kitchen. And then they turned Sports Center on like an hour and a half later, and they were like, why are they? Why is Kyler Murray smiling in his press conference? That's amazing. And they didn't even realize that it was called back, and it was, that I just think it's hysterical that it, it does sound like. At first, I was like, that's ridiculous. No way. But then I was like, it does sound like something that I would do if it were the Bills. I'd be like, well, he scored. It's over. Walk away. Definitely. In, <laughs> in that type of game, yes, yeah. you would have. So, But I just think it's so crazy how close it was and it went back and forth. And I – so when I texted you and I said early game of the year and you said definitely I agree, I thought you were going to push back against me because I'm very much on record saying that like – it can't be a game of the year if it's not like back and forth the whole way. And Arizona didn't lead until the very end. Until the final score. And what I think is different about this one is it felt like it felt like it felt like one of the Rocky fights where he's getting just his head beaten every single round until the final round where he gives that final um, left. That's not a Halloween movie reference. So well, it takes place during Halloween. So. You were thinking about it for a second. It doesn't. But I was going to say, I don't think that's a, true. For a second, you were like, oh, shoot, does it? I was like. Um, no. It, <laughs> it's like in Scream, where at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but regardless, it was like, it just that final hit. It felt like they were just, they were fighting the whole way. It was All never right. like. So it's like Child's Play, where like, sure, you stab Chucky that. and you think he's dead, but then they keep coming back. And sure. It's even 
perfect because Kyler Little is little, <laughs> like a doll. Regardless, it was back it to, was to knock you out. That's why I thought it was so good. Is that legitimately it never felt like they weren't in the fight. They were fighting the whole way, and then at the end, it was just too much. Like Seattle was like trying so hard to be like, okay, just like don't let them explode, and it just they couldn't. Yeah, do it. no, I agree. Like I, I did think it was the the game of the year so far. It just seems to be. Excuse me. Be some magic about uh, Seahawks divisional games on in prime time that yeah. that do that. So I, I agree. Any time that Arizona got within a score, Seattle until the very end when Arizona scored the the final thirteen or whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle will go back and score and to to make it a two possession game again. But credit the Cardinals for for never giving up. They never. They didn't really put any pressure on Russell until the overtime when they finally got the sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to get those turnovers, which uh, was obviously by far the most turnovers that Russell's committed in the game, in a game, in a game this far this year. So, yeah. you know, they just did a great job, and there was just it was very interesting because this is the kind of game where I feel like. I know you obviously like, and it's exciting, it's fun, but you're always like, the, I don't mind the 10-6 to 6 games. And I was like, I, I don't always love those, but like this yeah. kind of game, even though it was so high scoring, there were turnovers, there was obviously the amazing DK chasing down Buda Baker to oh, yeah, stop awesome. a touchdown uh, return and whatnot. So there was just a lot of cool things happening in this game. And I will say, at the end of the game, it very much required defensive plays to win it. I mean... Arizona had to make a couple of stops late so that they can get the ball back to tie it. And then Arizona had to get the stop late because they were at midfield. Seattle was after Zane Gonzalez missed that first field goal attempt. And it really oh, – I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say – and I was laughing because during the game I was like, where's Isaiah Simmons? You know, we were touting him as the – you know, with his big draft pick. We both loved him. We were like, he's just a football player. Where are they going to use him? And then obviously he made the final interception that put them in position to – to finally win that game, but Say we both did text each other. There, there he is. is. At the same time, um, <laughs> it really is just that kind of game is the quintessential opposite of. I don't want to say opposite in a bad way, but just like flip flop of like those kind of games that you're talking about because you like the defensive slugfest where you're like it's just going to take one offensive play, mm-hmm. but it's this kind of thing where it's like oh one defensive play is going to turn right. the tide, and even Collinsworth who. We've gone back and forth, and, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of He said it's going to come down who makes that back-breaking right. mistake. Yeah. And and that's what it was. So there was actually a couple of them, I was which makes say, it even more drama say, There were so. definitely a couple of them at the end. And both both the defenses really turned something on in the, in the last latter half of that fourth quarter in overtime. They were really uh, – I mean, it was interesting because Russell Wilson's been the best quarterback against pressure all season long. But – when they pressured Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter with all those different blitzes, I mean, credit, it was, it's Todd Bowles, right? Uh, no, he's in Tampa. Oh, so who's the... Steve Wilkes? So Steve Wilkes got fired by Arizona and then was hired as oh, the defensive coordinator? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Vance Joseph. Okay, I was going to say, that's incredible. Uh, so Vance Joseph brought pressure, like, all over the place against Russell. And I found this really interesting stat about Seattle is that Russell Wilson, as great as he's been, because he has been, he's only 44% completion percentage on third down. It's 31st in the NFL. And he's 31st in passer rating on third down and 30th in yards per play, yards per pass. Oh, man. So, like, it's very, that's a very intriguing stat. Now, 
part of that is because first down and second down, he's so good. Um, but the reality is, is that when teams are able to get Seattle and Russell into third down and third and you know medium and long situations, they've been able to find some success. And that's what Arizona was pushing to the third downs and then just bring all kinds of pressure. And there just isn't, you know, Russell, when you when you could get pressure right up in his face, we saw that he struggled in that game when they were because I it was so interesting that I kept it was something that obviously I, there was nobody around me at work to say anything to but when they were, were late in that game in the fourth quarter in the overtime they would bring they were bringing guys all the way right up to the line of scrimmage and now not every time did all of them go but a lot of the times he just brought everybody and I was like it's just shocked that they were daring Russell to hit the throws and he wasn't. So it, it was very interesting way to the end the game and uh, credit to Vance Joseph and that defense of Arizona, which stepped up in the big moments when they needed to. Yeah, I I agree. I just think it was a uh, a great game, and hopefully we see some more out of that of those this year. And who are we kidding? It's probably going to be with Seattle. So they <laughs> always seem to. Well, so we go from two of the best teams in the NFC to best team in the NFL or AFC, question mark, for the Pittsburgh Steelers who beat the Tennessee Titans in a tight contest, although they were up early. And I thought that I was like, okay, this is about to get out of hand and the Steelers are just going to roll over them. And they didn't. Tennessee came back and it was tight and they had a chance at the end to tie it and go to overtime as well. But Gostowski, don't understand it. You know, honestly, and this is a joke, but anytime that I'm within like the forty yard field goal range right now, as as Rabel, I'm just gonna take like a delay of game and push him outside of fifty, because <laughs> he's perfect there, but he can't kick it when it's it's under. absolutely it's hysterical, so it, weird. I, I do not understand it, but obviously this is a, a huge AFC tilt. Uh, Pittsburgh now the only remaining undefeated team in the NFL. And I'm asking the question, like, are they the best team? And, I mean, I I feel like it's got to be someone like them or the Chiefs in the AFC. And then in the NFC, you could say the Bucks if you want. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that because I, I've been touting the Steelers all year. You have. So, um, but from my point of view, the answer is no, they are not the best team in the NFL. Those two teams you just mentioned, Kansas City, I think is is above them. And then I put maybe Tampa, question mark. Um, I think Kansas City, I so let me frame what I'm about to say this way. I think Pittsburgh might be one of the best put together teams in the NFL right now from top to bottom. Yeah, I you just really like their positions all over the field. Obviously, having Devin Bush go down uh, hurts, but is it Splain, the guy that filled in? I think his name's like Splain, something like that. I know it's not Spleen. Um, <laughs> although Halloween, it is now. So uh, he filled in pretty admirably against against the Tennessee Titans, and they have a pretty good offense. So he played just just fine. So, but with that being said, I don't think they are the best team. Um, there's obviously we were you were watching the game like you said it looked like it should have been just a, a shutout rollover and and they didn't they didn't finish it that way so um there's there's evidence like that that makes me say no i love kansas city 
obviously they had Pat Mahomes, and we saw at the end of last year, it didn't matter if they were down by 25, they could come back. Uh, we saw some special teams glimpses this past week. Uh, Pringle returned a 102-yard return for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was their defense and special teams that dominated. That won that, which yeah. that, that group's really just coming together earlier on. In the beginning, the first half of last year, people were like, Kansas City's defense is really, really, really bad. And ever since, I'd say, midseason, they've just been oh, yeah, starting to gel solid. and become solid. better and better. Steve Spagnuolo, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. And and with Clyde Edwards-Alaire's running really well right now, adding Le'Veon Bell, and I think having him for a third week now, second week. They had him, they had him a handful of days before... You know their game last week, but they weren't able to play them. And so, so almost a little over two weeks, but they're going to start using the creativity of Andy Reid to get him some plays. And I feel like just watch out. And like I said, maybe Tampa. I don't know. I don't know. I know you're tired of talking about Tampa. Uh, no, I mean I, that I'm people not... like rank Tampa as the best. You're like ah, and it's just funny. I definitely, I definitely thought it was ridiculous last week to so confidently say that they were the best. I mean, I get it. Like especially after their performance this past week, which was super impressive. I get it. Like, they, they're they one of the best teams. They really are. I just don't like them, and it's because, you know, I don't like Tom Brady. And that's <laughs> – it's stupid. I, I wish that it weren't that way, but I don't get to decide how I feel about it. I just – I hate them. So I want to say this, and this is a completely different conversation. Okay. And I want to come back because I do want to get your opinions on Pittsburgh and, okay. and what you would say about are they the best team and yeah. whatnot. But – Sitting at five and one with Brady's definitely had some major blips, but there was also yeah, but been he's moments. also looked incredible. So I'm just going back to when you were like, "Who's the MVP?" And I was like, "I think it's gonna be Brady because of this going to a new team, being 40 plus years old." And I'll, I'm just seeing articles all over the place like, "Oh, this guy is just a time wizard, defying age." And do you see him throwing like it's 2007, their perfect season? And I was like. It's because of this, this buzz that is going to to catapult. That. And it was a good point that you made. I because I remember on the show I said obviously don't like it, but I it makes a lot of sense how you broke it down, saying that a lot of times MVP is just the story, because there's normally a couple of guys who are capable, but then it's like which storyline. And you're right, it's forty plus years old. Nobody's ever done it that old, so I I make sense. I definitely think that if I'm ranking. With no like everything about it, I don't. I wouldn't even have him as in the top five of MVP right now well, because because it's one of the, like you put any of the other quarterbacks that are in conversation for MVP in that cast and they'd be doing the same thing if not maybe better. So I again I I think that he's playing incredibly well. I'm not about to ding him just because I don't like him, but like what? <laughs> uh it's, it's called growth. Why um, are we 20 minutes in and there have not been any Halloween sound effects? I'm adding them in later. There have been. And now oh. they're going to be like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> oh. Regardless. You, you always play everything live. Regardless. Uh, I'm going to play the segment music live. The rest of it I'm going to put it in post. All right. Regardless. Pittsburgh yes. best team? Pittsburgh best team. I think they're the best team in the AFC. I do. Um, I think that I wouldn't... I don't think I would, in terms of ranking, say that they're better than some of the NFC teams, but I think I'd pick them. Like, if they play the Buccaneers, I'd definitely pick the Steelers. Okay. I th- I just think that them and the them and the Chiefs are so close for me, and I think that what people would 
people would sway it towards the Chiefs because of Pat Mahomes, which, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But I just think that, especially the way Ben has played better and better during the year, I just don't see a flaw in either team. I feel like I, Ben was kind of the reason that Tennessee got back into the game. I mean, he had a better day than Tannehill. I mean, like in terms of yards? like yeah. I mean, yards, and he threw two touchdowns, and he didn't have any turnovers. But that's also, I feel like, that's a hard comparison when Pittsburgh's defense is really, really great. It and is Tennessee's great. Tennessee's is not. Tennessee's is great, though. I don't think they are. Really? No. They're ranked in the top ten? I don't think they should be. Okay. Tell me why. Uh, because... <laughs> That that's why Pittsburgh was able to get out to the large jump that they were. They'd be in third and eight, and they would they converted like what thirteen of seventeen third downs. And if you can't get yeah. your team off the field, like that's that's the reason teams have put up points so, so you take so often against Tennessee. So you take that as bad Tennessee, not good Pittsburgh. I take that as bad. Tennessee. Okay, see, I see, see, I think that's why you wouldn't have. Pittsburgh as the the best in the AFC, and I would because I take that as just great Pittsburgh. They just have so many weapons, and it's too hard to cover. See, and I haven't seen a team be able the to reason, do it yet. The reason I don't think that is because if it was great Pittsburgh, it mm-hmm. wouldn't have been third and eight. It should have been third and one, third and two, maybe. It's not. Tennessee was getting pressure to make stops to do so, but then they collapsed in the moments when you need to stand stronger than ever. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't make sense, but I still think it's just, I mean, I st- like a team like the Chiefs has that too a lot when they get into third and longs and they always convert because they have Pat Mahomes and good weapons and they're good. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, like, I I'm not gonna. I'm not saying Tennessee is one of the best defenses. I think they're in the top half. I think but they're right around the middle. They're like I. I think they're probably like 11, 12, 13. But regardless, I think that Pittsburgh is just is unfair how they have so many weapons and none of them are like I drafted this guy at the top of the first round. They're always like a second or a third round pick, and it's like wait. Who is this guy? And it's just so impressive, and it's so funny, and I just think that this team is going to be hard to beat. Now they have another giant test this week against the five and one Baltimore Ravens divisional rival. But that being said, last year they pushed Baltimore to overtime with their third and fourth string quarterbacks, you know. So and they handled Lamar Jackson, who had three picks in that game. So very much. Uh, looking forward to this game, another one o'clock, huge one o'clock window game, which is funny, but it's gonna be a slugfest in that game. It always is Pittsburgh and in, in, in Baltimore, uh, but I think that we'll be able to definitively say whether or not Pittsburgh is the best team if after this weekend. Yeah, it's very very telling. So it's gonna be a fun game to watch. So we will have to see. Absolutely, let's go to another AFC team. Bless you. While you're sneezing, I'm just, and I don't have like too many stats in front of me. I just, I'm confused that a team that's allowed 30 plus three times, 24 last or 27 last week, is just that highly rated of a defense. Because every team gives gives up that many points this year. It's one of the highest scoring years of all time. I don't think that many points, but... Regardless, let's talk some Tua. 
Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa gets his first start against the Los Angeles Rams coming off a big win against Chicago on Monday Night Football. And I think they're – I think they – so we're not talking expectations, but I want to ask you the question about pressure. I want to know from your perspective how much, if any, pressure is on Tua, especially taking into account how incredible <laughs> Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow look. You know – Joe Burrow just put up 400 against the Cleveland Browns and almost won. And Herbert just got his first one as a starter, but he's been putting up 300 and three or four touchdowns every week. And, you know, he did it on Monday night against the Saints. He did it, excuse me, at an afternoon window against the Buccaneers, who people are saying are the best team. So, I mean, is there extra pressure because of that on Tua? Because of the other rookie quarterbacks? Um,. I think the the answer is kind of twofold. Obviously, to us, football fans, the answer is yes. Um, inside of an organization, they're always going to say no. Whether or not a player like Tua Tungvaluwa uh, will actually feel those sorts of pressures, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of person he truly is in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's a great human being and whatnot mm-hmm. uh if he if he lets those things affect him i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm ten- leaning towards saying no just because of all of the pressures that go in to alabama i mean this kid's come back from injury he came in the middle of a gigantic championship game and and let him back to a win he's been he's been through all those sorts of things so does mm-hmm. he really care what justin herbert is doing on the other side of the country mm-hmm. in terms of east and west does he care about joe burrow when he's on the opposite side of the country in terms of north and south probably not so but there are uh expectations and and pressures uh from from a fan's point of view absolutely so what do i expect i mean i don't have overly high expectations i don't expect miami to come out and win against the los angeles rams i think Tua is going to play okay. I think he's going to make rookie mistakes. I think, you know, he's facing a really great defense when you have Aaron Donald coming up the middle, when you have Jalen Ramsey locking down a side. Uh, those are just two players off the top of my head, obviously very marquee players, but they have a great defense in, in L.A. I'm going to be looking things for, like, pocket awareness, how mm-hmm. Tua navigates the pocket. We'll have to see how that offensive line holds up against a fairly strong pass rush from from los angeles but also an offensive line that's looked pretty good they have looked much better than i think a lot of people expected mm-hmm. um, and they're so. a top five defense too this is very interesting about miami is that you know i think that they still have a little bit of you know people aren't used to the dolphins being like a good defense and but they're top five this year they're a very solid defense I'm also looking to see how he reacts and plays under pressure, meaning if he's going to try extending plays. That was something he often did at Alabama. He would wait and try to look for the big play instead of maybe dumping something down or taking something underneath, and that led to a lot of the hits that he would take. That led to literally the career-threatening hip injuries when he was trying to extend and wait for a bigger play. Um, That was something even in one series that I saw he immediately on his first drop back pass he rolled to the left and was waiting for a guy to get open where I was like oh man like this is kind of terrifying so I'll be curious to see how he responds I'm sure it's going to happen it's just going to see how he responds to that 
Uh, the next and last two things I'm looking to see is how he's going to place the ball with his wide receivers. Obviously, at Alabama, he had Ruggs and Judy and Smith and uh, Waddle, and those guys are speedsters. They were getting off of their man to what was hitting them, and obviously he, hitting them is, is a huge part of his accuracy and whatnot, but... Miami right now isn't that speed team. They have some bigger guys, and I want to see where Tua places the ball when those guys aren't necessarily getting off of their guy right away. So I'm really curious to see that. And the last thing, obviously, is we have to see Tua take a hit, and this is probably a good defense to see it against. I think that's the most important thing for me. I genuinely, and maybe I'm wrong about this, I don't expect rookie rookie mistakes from Tua. No? I just don't. I, I think that... Uh, and I think that there was a reason that of the quarterbacks that were in the draft this year, and obviously Joe Burrow had such a great year that people kind of threw this aside and forgot about you know the, his previous play uh, at LSU and Ohio State. But you know Tua was the most ready because he doesn't make those kind of mistakes. He is clean in the pocket and moves when he needs to and has the best accuracy, or at least coming in, he was the most accurate of the passers coming in the draft. So I don't expect the, like, oh, see, that's what rookies do. Now, that's not to say I don't think he's going to play a perfect mistake-free game. Like, he can make mistakes, but I don't expect it to be like, I'm a rookie, I just don't understand this yet kind of oh, mistakes. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? Like, but I think, I think at some point... Tua will challenge Ramsey mm-hmm. on a Devontae Parker pass, and right. Ramsey will make the play. Okay, and and, and I, but but I don't consider that a rookie mistake. You know, what I mean? fair. you know what I mean? I consider that like a quarterback of any caliber is going to do that and say like, all right, I'm going to give my guy a chance. You know what I mean? And I don't think that, that that's necessarily a mistake. But regardless, I I expect Tua to look very good. I really do. Like I don't expect it to be. You know, hard to watch. Uh, I was worried for a long time because I just we hadn't seen him in so long, and I know that we only saw him for like five plays, and only two of them were passes. But like what I saw from those two things, I was like, all right, it does look like he's okay, gonna be okay. You know what I mean? For a while, I was really worried that like, what's this guy gonna look like? Like, is he just gonna be totally overwhelmed the second he gets onto a field? And you know, he stepped up and it was like no like this is routine for me i play football you know okay. so we'll see what happens i'm very excited to watch this game um and uh, i'm sure it'll be one of the four games that we have on <laughs> so we might have to have like five games regardless in the um, one o'clock window yeah so cool let's do you want to do a rant review call before we get into our first halloween segment yeah sure i have a bit of a rave okay. about Aaron Rodgers. Nice. And it's not because Aaron Rodgers is playing really well. It's not because Aaron Rodgers connected with Devontae Adams for like 200 yards. It's not because they dismantled the Houston Texans defense. I am raving about Aaron Rodgers because this week he came to the defense of rival head coach Mike Zimmer, who obviously his Vikings are 1-5, not playing super well in any phase, I mean, the running game has looked pretty darn good, but other than that, there have been a lot of lumps that uh, the organization's taken, especially on the defensive side, which is Zimmer's specialty. So, uh, especially when you get to a 1-5 a start, we start talking about that hot seat, and Aaron Rodgers this week was asked if Zimmer was 
on a hot seat uh, and he said he's a phenomenal coach uh, I was telling a friend of mine uh, when he saw that Zimmer was on a hot seat uh, in an article he thought it was absolutely crazy he's one of the best coaches in the league and has been for a long time he throws things at you that a lot of coaches can't even think of and so I think you know just to have the respect uh, and to come out against one of the more heated rivalries in the league the Packers versus the Vikings to to say that about a coach who has given Aaron Rodgers a lot of fits over the years. I think that really speaks to Zimmer. And sure, they're having a down year, but I like a Rod throwing some props to a guy that probably is not to blame for for a one and five start. Yeah, it's a hard hard season, and they played you know really good teams, teams like the Titans and the Seahawks, and, and they're very they're just very beat the up. And, yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's hard. That's that happens sometimes, and you know. I feel like we've been consistent about this. I don't I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But I've always said that continuity is so underrated in the NFL. Are you just saying that because you said that to some guys in our fantasy league the other night? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we have been pretty consistent with that, though. You know, all jokes aside, I feel like we both agreed on that. I think from my point of view, I think we're – consistent in knowing consistency is important when it's deserved well yeah no i'm not i don't think we i'm not saying that i'm not saying that you can't fire a guy when it's going bad like i'm the one who said that maybe we should think about mike mccarthy you know what i mean like sure but but like i think that when you have a coach that you know is good and you can see that there are extenuating circumstances that have played into your start like mike zimmer then you don't even consider a hot seat right now you know what i mean they're having a tough year and that's that you know he's the kind of coach that you give time to, and I, but I just think that in general in the NFL we move on from coaches way too fast, very and, fair, and we don't give coaches chances. I mean, you look at the start of Bill Belichick's career. I don't know if Bill Belichick happens in today's NFL. I think that after the couple of losing seasons, people get would have gotten rid of Bill Belichick. They're like, oh, he doesn't have it because people there are so many dramatic turnarounds that happen in the NFL today that guys aren't given enough time, and. You know, you look at guys like like Sean McVay, who right away was in the playoffs as soon as he was hired. You know what I mean? Even Sean McDermott, his very first season, snuck into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Okay. So there are coaches that you almost have to either be in the hunt or sneak in, but or people are just going to question right away. And I think that we'll see about this year, but I think that there are going to be some coaches that are, I mean, obviously, like we saw the O'Briens and, excuse me, the Dan Quinns and eventually the Adam Gases, like those guys are ones that have already been teetering, and it's like, okay, we're moving on. But I think that you'll see some grace this year in the NFL, and there will be some coaches that they're like, nah, this is a weird year. Let's roll with it one more year, see what happens. So we'll see. But but I do I like I like your rave there about. I like when competitors give props to their com- competition. I like when there's respect. I don't like when it's like. I don't like when teams are like, oh, they're garbage, they're trash. You know what I mean? And obviously, a quarterback's not going to say that about an opponent. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't even like when fans do that kind of thing. So, I like I like that. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I was, ra- was going to rave about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Uh, because I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was down on them. I still thought they were going to be very good this year. And I have them in the, had them in the playoffs when we did our predictions. But... Did not expect them to be this good. Uh, Pittsburgh has 12 receiving touchdowns this year by a wide receiver, which is tied for second in the NFL. 
Uh, Big Ben is obviously 6-0. They're averaging 30.5 points a game. They're only allowing 19.7 points a game on defense. The turnover differential is plus 2, and their sack differential is plus 18. So they're getting to the quarterback like crazy, and they are protecting Big Ben like crazy. Uh, another stat about Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers, he has seven touchdown passes with under two seconds on his throws. So he's getting the ball out really fast to really good playmakers, and they're making great plays. I just I love what this team is doing. I love this way the team is built. Um, their defense is incredible, and they have all these offensive, young offensive pieces coming together, and uh, Deontay Johnson, a third-round pick from a year or two ago. They've got, obviously, Mapletron, Chase Claypool, who was their second-round pick this year. You've got Juju still, who came out with a pretty solid game last week. Then James Conner, Benny Snell in the backfield. I mean, it's just it's a really, really well-rounded unit. And Mike Tomlin, who we talked about, should have been in the Coach of the Year conversation last year with how he, like Mason Rudolph's a third-string caliber quarterback. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be harsh, but he is. <laughs> and Duck Hodges is a fourth-string caliber quarterback, and they Ooh. still were a game out of the play, playoffs last year. So. He actually last year had the new playoff format been in place. They would have been in the playoffs. So I just I love this team. I love what they put together. Like I said, I would have to think very hard before I would answer the question: Are they the best team in the NFL? Obviously, we just bless Jesus and Crow. Jesus and Crow. Obviously, we just talked about it in the last segment. But they're just a great football team, and I I don't see a weakness. And I just think that they're they're going to get better and better as the year goes. All right. You know, I dig that. I've become like a pseudo Steelers fan just yeah. because I feel like last year I was like, they're okay, they're okay, they're okay. And this year I was like, this is it. They're great. Yeah, but and even like, I mean, you picked them to win the division last year. And I think that was because of you saw what is happening this year a year early. And it just didn't happen because Big Ben got hurt. Um, and I think that... You know, had he not gotten hurt, we probably would have gotten this team last year. You know, I think that that's really, really what happened. So, regardless, let's get into our spooky segment. First, we're going to do unmasking and everybody's favorite audio from our show, That Darn Dog. Oh, I really thought you were gonna like play the original audio. Oh I got no, so that would that would have been cool, but I <laughs> I did not. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, so we have our unmasking. Do you want to explain for those? Yeah. Of you? So basically, this this whole segment is like a Scooby Doo episode where at the end of it, we're pulling the mask off of a team that maybe looks to be good, or people still haven't given up yet, and we're just like, no, they're not. Who you think they are? They are the janitor that you met in the first scene, and they're actually the killer. Yikes! All right, <laughs> I'm I'm going to do this one though with with a little bit of a tweak. I'm going to okay. unmask some teams that I still feel like are very good teams. Okay, uh, but maybe not as, as we've hyped because good. I like you, that. Have you realized this year like how extreme the NFL is? So I'm I'm thinking. And, and obviously, we're only halfway through the season. But there are, like, six teams, maybe not so much with the Jets being winless, but, like, there are, like, six or seven teams that have, like, one win. Yeah. And, like, 
and I, I'm just so aware of that because I'm like, oh yeah, like I want Houston to be real bad so we can right. like the Dolphins have the fifth pick right now from Houston. They had yeah. the fifth pick last year winning six games. I know. Like, that's just so crazy to yeah. me. So it's it's hard to be like, we're unmasking this team because they're bad. Because there literally are just so many bad teams. There so are. I'm going to unmask some good teams that I think okay. are like, well, let's, let's. All right. Go ahead. You start. Okay. So the first team ready. I'm going to unmask the Seattle Seahawks. Whoa. Hold the phone. And obviously, this is a team that I love. I love Russell Wilson. I think he is definitely in the MVP conversation as it stands right now. He is not my my MVP, and that wasn't. I, I felt that way even before he threw okay. three picks last week. Okay. Uh, and, and a backbreaker. They so we we talk a lot about like these one possession games. If you did the flip flop thing, like how good would they really be? Right. They have one by eight points or less in all but one game this season. And that was the week one opener against Atlanta when they, as a whole, looked really, really dominant. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they traded for Carlos Dunlap earlier, and uh, so we'll see if, if that added element to the defense can help. But right now, I'm pretty positive they're leading sacker, sack, uh, I don't know, champion. I don't know what the leader is Jamal Adams with two? I think there's a couple players that have two, but when you only have two player or right. two sacks is the most on your team, that's that's not getting the job done. And obviously we saw if you can just put some pressure, make a few things happen, you're able to beat them. And so I am pulling the mask off of the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Unmasking the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah. All right, what about you? Who are would you have gotten away with it, too, and it weren't for you, darn dog. Kyler Murray. <laughs> I am unmasking <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah, that's low-hanging fruit, man. This one's man. too easy, but <laughs> they, listen, they beat the Bucks on they, Thursday Night Football. They did. And it looked really good, and I had talked about possibly them being con- pretenders before then but they look so bad against the Rams I mean they don't have a quarterback they just do not have a quarterback I saw somebody online the other day meaning maybe earlier this afternoon or maybe three weeks ago I can't remember uh but they were like the greatest thing the Bears could do with their quarterbacks right now is just keep flipping flip-flopping them and because they're both backup qualities that do different things and so like maybe if you like bench one and put one in they'll be motivated and then when they get bad just bench the other one and defenses won't know what to do yeah i don't know i mean he you know nick Foles had 261 yards and two interceptions no touchdowns against the rams i mean he just he looked bad uh it it was it it just looks it, it looks like it's so hard for them to get any yardage it's like every play excuse me looks so difficult and it's fascinating because like matt nagy i will say this matt nagy's a good coach I think McNagy is a very good coach, and I think the evidence is that he coached Mitch Trubisky to 12 wins, and they won the division. So I, I just, I'm starting to not be as sold on Nagy as I once. Are we, see, are we having a Chip Kelly phenomenon? I, no. See, I just think I think that he has this whole playbook of fun, crazy plays, just like you know Sean Payton or Sean McVay or. Uh, shoot, I was going to say Kyle Shanahan. Like, I think he has this full playbook of those things that he just cannot use because he has two terrible quarterbacks. 
And I think that they should have never made the switch from Mitchell. And I think that they'd probably their offense would still look better with Mitchell because he's far more mobile than Nick Foles is. And right now Nick Foles is getting pressured and not being able to make plays. And I think that Mitch at least would make some of those plays that Nick Foles wouldn't. But regardless, they desperately need a quarterback. I don't know if they can make a move at the deadline. I just think quarterback's so hard to make a move in the middle of the season and have it work out. I don't even know uh, who they would trade for. I mean, some people have said maybe Matt Ryan or something like that. Uh, okay. But regardless, I just think that it's going to be so hard, and I think that they're – it's interesting because their defense is so good. They're holding teams under 20 most of the time, and they're just unable to score enough to win the game. So we'll see what happens to them down in the future. But for now, they are unmasked. Oh, yeah. Okay, got another team? I have two more teams, so I'm ready to go. I am unmasking, unmasking again, a very good team that okay. maybe, I don't even know if you can consider this one unmasking because I've been on it, I, the, the Tennessee Titans. I okay. think if you're just able to slow <laughs> down Derrick Henry a little bit, I really do feel like I don't trust that defense. Okay. They have so many great playmakers. They added Clowney. We're like, oh, man, this is going to be so good. They have eight sacks on the year. They're not pressuring opposing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They're giving up third-down conversions. And I know you you said, like, teams are just allowing points to be racked up all over the place. And I just, I mean, if you look at other teams, like I just talked about how Zimmer is supposedly on the hot seat. They have given up similar points a little so they they haven't had the the great ones the bills game where the bills mm-hmm. score 16 mm-hmm. or whatnot but they've allowed 30 plus four times the detroit lions who are three and three haven't have only done that once wow no twice sorry <laughs> no yeah just just once against the Green Bay Packers in week two. Okay. So there there are, obviously, you're, you're right. I, there's offense happening all over the place. Right. But I just am not inspired by the defensive play of the Titans. Okay. And so I'm pulling the mask off of them. They are obviously very good, but they're 5-1. and one. Oh, yeah. This is where the video needs to come in so you can see Josh and I doing our little... I always liked how they ran in Scooby Doo when like they did like this thing. And they're like feet do are like wheels. Yeah. So <laughs> regardless, I do have another team to unmask, and I am unmasking the four and three San Francisco 49ers. Oh, interesting. I feel like they're kind of a team on the upswing. Here's Tell the me thing. why. San Francisco 49ers obviously deal with a lot of injuries, right? We get that. That's that's part of it. But let's look at the teams that they've actually beat. The Jets. Okay. The Giants. <laughs> whatever. Uh the Rams, their most impressive win, probably, and the Patriots, who have been really bad the last couple of weeks. So, they and then their losses to the Cardinals, to the Eagles, to the Dolphins. So, I really think that the 49ers are going to be 4-3 and three the whole year. That's the type of team that they are. They're going to win some bigger games, but they're also going to lose some other games that you're like, wait, why'd you lose that game? I just... I am starting to lose confidence in Jimmy G and this offense. Okay. Like, I, I like that, like, it basically you could plug in almost any running back and it turns out to be good because it seems the, like it. their system is so good. But I just, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl where Jimmy G could not make the play to win the game. And, you know, maybe it's harsh to judge a guy on one moment of his career, but it's the biggest moment of his career and he didn't show up. 
And I think that right now we're seeing that this team can't get it done at times. And like I said, the Rams win is is impressive to me because I'm very high on the Rams, obviously. I picked the Rams to win that. I, I was going to say, obviously, game, but... I picked them to win the division, too. So we'll see what happens. But this is a huge game this week at the 4 425 window against the Seahawks. Yeah. It's a huge game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a team that you unmasked and a team that I unmasked. And we'll see what happens. But I just – I don't have confidence in this team. So I want to – I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's a really cool, fun pick and, and some insights into that. I'm going to push back a little bit okay. about the Jimmy G comment okay. and, and think about when he was out – Mm-hmm. and how the quarterback play was, in my opinion, even more lackluster. Mm-hmm. So what what do they do? Because obviously they're not ever – I don't want to say not ever because a ways down the road or maybe there's some right. sort of gigantic collapse, but they're not going to be a top five pick team to like go out and get right. a, a great young quarterback. So do they what, – what do they do? Honestly, if, if the season – the season goes like I think it is, which means they're going to be like eight and eight, nine and seven. That's where I would see them ending. Okay, if that's how it goes, the next season, either through trade or free agency, you go get Matt Ryan. Wow, you, you go Kyle Shanahan, you get the guy who you coached to an MVP season. That's a lot of fun, and you plug him right into there, and you're you know what I mean. Like that's that's exactly where I where my mind goes right away. Because I mean, obviously, that was Matt Ryan's best year as a pro. He won the MVP. And I think it's great. So, but well, I will say this: we will know everything we need to know about the 49ers in the next four weeks because they have the Seahawks and then they have the Packers on Thursday night, and then they have the Saints and then they have the Rams again in LA. So it's a big stretch. We're gonna know everything we need to know about them because then after that they have the Bills, which are they're a good team, but they are a good team. If the 49ers are who they think they are, they should be expected to win that game at home. They are who they think they are. <laughs> I know uh, I said that wrong, but but for now. Unmasked. Is that your last unmasking? Yeah, it is my last unmasking. All right, I have have one more. Okay. All right, I'm scared. Ooh. Because I'm unmasking the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I saw this one coming. Yeah, so the defense, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really curious. Go back to after that first loss against the Tennessee Titans. We talked about the defense, and you said, I'm not worried, but the defense is not looking good. Are you still just being like, I'm not worried. I mean, like, even Frank Gore ran pretty darn well. I will say this. The two things about the Bills that had me encouraged from the game, which it was still was like a little bit, why aren't we crushing this team? But division games are tough. Sure. The two things that had me encouraged. The Bills were inside the 25 on all 10 drives they had. So they didn't capitalize, and that's bad. But they were still moved the ball all over this team. And the other thing, in the second half, the New York Jets only had four total yards. The whole second half. So, yes, they started off very hot in the first quarter, but pretty much after that, they didn't do anything. Very. That's, that's why. I that, mean, that's super impressive. And that's why, that is why I'm encouraged. That doesn't mean I'm not still worried, because I am worried about this team. But I I am encouraged that they seem to figure some things out. And the reason I'm still worried is because it was still the Jets, and we only won by eight. So Yeah, so obviously you kind of address this, but they have scored fewer than 20 in the last three. Mm-hmm. They had 25-plus in the first four, so some things slowing down. I don't know if people are adjusting uh, in in some ways from, from watching the games with you. I feel like Allen has started to look like he's trying to do too much, where the first four weeks when it was like, oh, my God, what's happening? He was just playing football and letting it, letting it be free. That, that's, that was my takeaway. And obviously – I think we have a lot of similar viewpoints and things, but it's just one 
view that we look differently on where I saw the Jets and I was like the second half and it's obviously extremely impressive to hold them in four total right. yards like wow four, I, I was I even was, shocked at that stat I was just I feel like that I was watching I was like this is Jets ineptitude that's fair and this is really stellar defense and I, and I will say that I just I think that they, they really figured out how to pressure Darnold at the end of the game and the reason and I mean obviously like I was worried about the Jets and my friends forced I said they were going to score 20 plus points because yeah. like the Jets are infinitely better with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I brought up the stats about him like that they have yet to win a game without Darnold since Darnold has been there and that their points per game are just vastly different and we talked about last year when Darnold haven't won too many games with them this year. I don't know, regardless. <laughs> I I just think that I was I was I I knew that, you know, our run defense was suspect, but again like I think it's like 90% of their rushing yards. Well, it had to been higher than that if they only had four yards in the second half. But, like, they did everything pretty much in that first couple of drives where I was like, are you kidding me? Um, and then after that, they couldn't do anything. So, obviously, it's not great that we were unable to capitalize in the red zone. Um, although we have talked about, you know, the Jets have pieces on defense. You know what I mean? Obviously, they've been crushed in a lot of games, but they do have pieces, and it's a divisional game. So those are the those are the things that I'd say to myself to make myself feel better. But for now, I mean, you're on Like that. I said, I, I'm, I'm not unmasking any team that thinks bad. Just maybe I mostly put them on because a few weeks ago I came on and said I think they're a top three team in the yeah, NFL, I mean, and I, yeah. I don't think that right now at week eight. I would not say that either. I think they're still in the top ten, but I think it's like eight or nine. Okay. To be honest. Um, all right. So let's go to our second spooky segment. It's the slasher segment. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get creepy and See, spooky I just, now. That's what you think creepy and spooky is? <laughs> You think people did do this? Or I mean, like it'd be, it would be creepy to see somebody do that. It's like, but. I'm coming. <laughs> okay, regardless. Okay, Yikes. so this is a different. This is the difference between this segment, which the first time we did this, Josh was very confused. He's I mean, like, because they are pretty similar. They're very similar, but this one is like we were unmasking teams that may not be quite what we thought they were. This one is you're done. Yeah, I'm, we're slashing. You. I have I, I have this down now. You, Three years in, I'm good. You're gone. No more. We're not. I don't. I was gonna be really mean, but we don't have to be mean. You're gonna say we're not rooting for you anymore. Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> you don't have to say that. Uh, regardless, go ahead. All right, I have four teams. I have three. So. All right, so I will start out. Uh, this one we mentioned earlier. I'm I'm slashing the Minneapolis, as I like to call them, Vikings. I am. Oh. Not confident. Seven of the remaining ten teams they have to face for the. For their schedule are currently 500 or above. Mm-hmm. Their defense, uh, they haven't had Hunter all year, but Hunter officially had his uh, neck surgery, so he's officially out. So not getting that back. You traded away uh, Ngakwe, so I think they just know that right now they're 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 not there, and I think they'll make some improvements, but I I don't conf- I'm not confident in, in much happening. Minneapolis so, slashed. Slashed. You're I done. was really curious as to like what that first sound was because I was like, this has always been this. I picked the wrong, I clicked on the wrong audio, but I kind of liked that we played when you did the first part of it. So we're going to stick with it. All right. So over to you. My first slashing team. And I know this is half our listenership, but I'm slashing the Dallas Cowboys. It's half our listenership. Dang. Ooh. I'm really ah. sorry, guys. But it's over. There's no hope. 
You know what? I'm going to jump on because I, too, said the Dallas Cowboys. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. More so than anything, the reason that I have slashed them was because when Andy Dalton went down with his illegal hit, nobody cared. I don't get I it, that. It makes no sense to me. And I, I will say this. Because this is this is a hot button topic on every talk show all week so far. People are like, they don't know Andy Dalton. I'm like, I don't care. That's your teammate. It's your, it's your teammate. And it's, it's a your blatant, it's a blatant, horrible hit, and he was immediately ejected. Like there was barely even a conversation. They injected him. I don't get why. And like, I'm not, I'm not asking to incite violence, but like nobody even got in the guy's face and pushed him away. You know right, what I mean? Right. I mean, do that, like, but, I'm not asking you to punch him in the face. Although I'm not, don't even care about that. Obviously, he's your backup, and, and and the experience I'm thinking of, like, last year, the whole Pittsburgh-Cleveland yeah. brawl, Mason had been their starting quarterback for longer than Dalton has at this right. point. But think about when, when that happened. Like Everybody were, was Pittsburgh Steelers were yeah. swinging, and, and it's just, just, and I that's, just feel like the team has been, they're uninspired, right. they don't care, and, and I think that was a clear reason as to why. So I'll let you continue. It, I was, it was just, the team you slashed, but right. that's, it's for me too. And I was just going to say, like, you know, part of it is definitely – Injury, like they have an injury at almost every position on their offensive line. I get it, like that's you know, this is a team that could that's gonna be a huge turnaround next year because they're gonna get healthy and they're gonna get back and hopefully they get Dak. But like you're without your quarterback, who we were even saying like, does Dak should get an MVP vote for how much you had them in games when how bad they look without him? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, his price is going up and up and up right now every week. Uh, they, they're possibly going to have to start their seventh-round rookie, Ben DiNucci, on Sunday Night Football, who actually had a couple of nice passes in the game. I was watching, I watched the highlights this morning. Uh, but regardless, it's just it's too much. It's sad that you, they have all this talent on offense, and it seems that the talented players on defense are not playing well. But I'm, you know, sorry. Okay. Slashed. 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 All right, go ahead. All right. So I jumped onto that one, so I only have two remaining now, okay. so we're, we're tied. Cool. Uh, I'm slashing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah! <laughs> so everyone was talking about them selling talent and whatnot yeah. and the tank for Trevor, and right, right now it's not the offense, in my opinion, that is awful. I mean, they're not great, but in every loss they've had, which is six of their seven, They've allowed 30-plus points. They need to be tanking for some defensive talent, mm. not a quarterback, because if you get Trevor Lawrence as great as he is, if you're giving up 30 points every time that you're you're trying to be in a game, he's not going to do that. And so maybe Gardner Minshew isn't the long-term answer right now, but he sure is not the main culprit. So I'm slashing that because if your defense is doing that in so many games, I'm slashing you. Didn't play. There we go. All right. Slashed. It makes me sad because we're, I mean, obviously we're both big Gardner fans and uh, we'll see what happens with them, but I just, it's just uninspiring. You know what I mean? You want some good Jacksonville news though? Yeah. So they're on their bye mm-hmm. and DJ Chark got married. Oh. So that's so nice. It did make me happy because he was a player that after giving up so many points again. I saw a shot of him on the bench, and he just looked so frustrated and done and angry. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that's tough. All right, so I'm going to slash another NFC East team. 
Okay, the I The New know. York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, the Giants still are very much in play for the division at one and six. I mean, so are Which the, is hysterical. So Cowboys, but. but this is first of all. This is definitely partly bad Giants. They're just bad. But also, what we saw from Washington, I just don't think that they even have a chance to be the second team in this division. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to pick them to be close to winning it. I will say this: uh, if we want to look at a bright spot here for Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones's top speed was faster like, than Lamar. Faster than Lamar's this year, and only half. Like just like a fraction smaller than Tyreek Hill's top speed this season. That's pretty so, awesome. It's, so you wonder why he fell. It's he was running faster than he's ever run in his entire life. But that being said, Daniel wheels. Legitimately, it's just it's bad. There's injuries all over the place, and you know we were a little bit higher on Daniel Jones this year, and I thought he may be like a late round fantasy option, and it's just has not panned out. He's he cannot stop turning the ball over it's insane and i do think that daniel jones has a solid career ahead of him i don't see anything crazy good but like i see enough from him that if he can be coached up more and they can get more around him obviously saquon being out is really harming this offense a lot but i like joe judge i think he's a pretty good coach i just think that they need they need some more time and they need some more talent on that team but for now Sorry. I agree with you on Giants. Sorry, Giants fans. You guys seem like you got a chance, but you don't. They technically do. Sorry. They do. And, you know, we'll see what All happens, right. But. The last team I'm slashing, and maybe, maybe this one's the most controversial. Oh, but I feel, yeah. I feel pretty confident. And this is also a semi-recall in a way because I'm slashing – the New England Patriots. Ah! <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't know what happened. Like, obviously they were what I expected them to be early on. Uh, they were showing some signs. Cam was running well, but the last couple of games, it's just the defense has not looked strong. They looked really strong against Kansas City. Have not looked strong since. Their wide receivers are once again an issue. As uh, New England does, the backfield is just all over the place and whatnot. So ever ever since this whole Cam Newton came down with COVID issue happened, Cam hasn't looked Cam, and I'm just starting to think there's just too much. There's just too much, and uh, I'm, I'm slashing them. Huh. Yeah. I will say this. I won't. I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. I can't slash them until after this week because – and maybe that's just, you know, PTSD from all the times we've gotten beaten down by the – It's very fair. You know what I mean? I – it's it's hard. I just um, – I'm still scared about this weekend. That's I, very fair. I still think that – I get it. I still think that – I still think that regardless of – well, this is another – regardless of the record, it's the Pats versus the Bills. You know, I'm still going to be scared. But – and we still have to beat them to prove to not only ourselves but everybody that we can do it. Uh, but I still think that they're better than they've shown the last two weeks. I think that obviously they've been very bad, but I I just I think that I for some reason I think him getting removed from the coronavirus 
issue and him not being with the team. The only had a couple of practices in the last couple of weeks have really affected this team. And I think because – the reason that Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches if not the best that's ever done it is, he is his teams are always so well prepared and they haven't had enough time to prepare the last couple of weeks. So I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. If they if we beat them and beat them pretty well, then I would probably slash them after that just because I think to be too far back in a pretty stacked AFC right now. Um, then I think they would be slashed, but right now I just can't do it before. I can't I can't be that confident before this Sunday. It's fair. Can't. It's fine because <laughs> I'm that confident. All right. So my last team is also a little controversial. Ooh. More controversial than yours. I'll say this. The Green Bay Packers. But this team – well, I don't even want to say it. No, no, I'm just kidding. This is a team in five of the last six games this season have allowed 30-plus points every game. And in this league – you're just not going to win if you do that, regardless of how how good your offense might look at times, because it's not always that good. But whew, Las Vegas, Ooh. you're slashed. Yeah, yeah listen, one. they're three and three, and obviously they beat the Chiefs in this crazy shootout. But this is my point: is that they can't stop anything. And we talked about we even I even gave them props when I raved about them after beating them, saying that their defense showed out at certain points when they needed to make stops and it was impressive. But yeah. they can, did. But you're right. They, it's just it's and we I even mentioned it when I raved about them. I said, are they going to be this team that they always are, this middle league team that wins big games and then loses other games? And right now that's all they look at. Like they don't look anything better than that. Now they might 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 <laughs> sneak into the playoffs because there's a seven seed. Like they might sneak in at like nine and seven. But right now, I take a team like the Dolphins over the Las Vegas Raiders right now oh, because man. the Dolphins could put up some points, maybe not quite as much as the Raiders, and we still have to see to a Tonga Bailoa's first start. But they have a top five defense, so they can at least slow some people down. So I'm sorry, Vegas te- fans, but it's over. You guys are slashed. But as we know, there's like eight Halloweens, so Mike Myers always comes back. We'll never know. <laughs> and like any unmasking or slasher, they always could. You never so. know. You never know. So let's get into some no huddle real quick. Talk about some games on the upcoming week eight slate. So we do have that New England Patriots traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills game, a game that I think I'm much more confident than you are. But uh, Pats receivers have only one receiving touchdown this year. so a I don't lot even know of, who that is. Is it Nikhil Harry? I'm pretty positive it's Demir Bird. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the Bills are the only team to not have a single player with 75-plus rushing yards this season. Yeah, that's it's and you were talking me. about how I know and that's related to fantasy, but if you put like them together, like they're it's, like a great back. They but. are a pretty good back if you put both of their stats together. It's just that nobody gets enough enough spell, but it's fine. It's kind of weird. All right, here we go. Uh, this one requires you you guessing a little bit. All right. Okay. So the Pats have scored twelve or fewer points in three straight weeks. Have twelve or fewer points wow. in three straight weeks. Okay. That hasn't happened to the Pats in a really long time. I imagine. How long do you think it's been? So it's the stat is 12 or fewer in three straight, right? Yes. I'm going to say since 2001. It was weeks 8 through 12 of the 1993 season. We were not born yet. I was just going to say, holy cow. (laughs) 
Jesus crow. That's, that's really nuts. crazy. That blows my mind. We were not born yet. We were not born yet. And the reason that you're so paranoid about this game is because New England is 35 and 5 against Buffalo in the Belichick era. Yeah, so I, I understand mean, your hesitancy. They figure us out. Makes sense. They do, you know what I mean? I so it's obviously going to be on a screen somewhere in our apartment on Monday. God bless you. So I'm excited. I think the Bills are going to bounce back in a good way. I think I think the Patriots are going to bounce back in a way. I think Cam will finally start looking like the Cam of the first couple of weeks. I hope, yeah. um, but I don't think it's going to result in in a win or a close game. Yeah, I think that I like they're not in pass pick segments, so we don't have to worry about you know showing our hand. But it, like I think we're going to win the game. I'm like. A little bit over 50-50. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm confident enough to be like, I, I'd pick them or I'd put, I'd put like 10 bucks on it sort of thing. I was going to say, yeah, that's not 50-50. <laughs> but but I I still am just so, like I said, it's, you said 30, what did you say, 35 and 3? And yes, and you, 35 and 5. Oh, okay. So, well, I don't, I was going to say, I only know of three wins in the modern era that we've beaten them. So I will. I'm going to give you two of them right now. One of them was in New England against Jacoby Brissett, where we won 16 to nothing. The other one we won 17 to nine in Week 17 when and Brady played half the first quarter. So the uh, of the three wins that I know of, those are two of them. And the other one was we was the incredible 21 point comeback with Fitzpatrick. Um, against it's them, magic. we won 34 to 31. So like those are the only three times uh, that oh, I know. Magic. I think that. I think thrown in there has to be probably the big blowout game we had against them at the start of the year when it was Drew Bledsoe's first start playing back against them, and then there was a, one other, obviously one other in there. But regardless, like I until until it happens, and it was close to happening in both games last year. Truth. Uh, I I'm, I'm just not gonna be like, okay, here we go. So, well, I'm um, here. We go. All right, we're going on to another team. Okay. The Indianapolis Colts taking on the Detroit Lions. So the Lions are 5-13 and 13 at home since the start of 2018. Mm-hmm. So they are not comfortable playing at Ford Field. That's the second worst home winning percentage in the NFL since that time. Um, four, of the six, of four of the last six Colts opponents faced, uh, that they've faced this season have one or fewer wins. So they've played the Jags, the Vikes, the wow. Jets, and the Bengals. So those wow. teams all only have one or zero wins in the case of the Jets. So we'll see what happens when they face the three and three Lions. And that's the a, Lions that's an interesting game. Have only allowed one three hundred yard passer thus far this season, and it was Matt Ryan last week. Oh, okay. So how do you feel about this game? Um, is this in Pals Picks? It is. Oh, so then we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah move on to the Vikings traveling up, or should I say over, to Green Bay. Um, Justin Jefferson, who was not the first rookie wide receiver taken, wasn't, I mean, obviously put in that upper echelon, but wasn't talked about as being the best. He is on pace for 1,432 yards, which would set an NFL rookie record. So obviously that's projecting out. Who are you talking about? Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. My bad. Um, so that would set an NFL rookie record. So yeah. we'll see. He's been playing really well in a lot of games. In some games, he's disappeared. Um, so we'll have to see. 
The Vikes defense is allowing more points per game, a total of 32, and more yards per game, 413.7, than any season in team history. So oh, talking wow. about those bad defenses, yeah. that Mike Zimmer defense, it's not doing too, too well. Last little tidbit about this game is that Aaron Rodgers has the highest passer rating versus the Vikings than any player against one particular team in the Super Bowl era. It's a record, uh, passer rating of 108.4 for the career. Let's talk about that NFC least divisional matchup of the Cowboys traveling to Philadelphia. The Cowboys are allowing 34.7 points per game, which would set a franchise worst record. So talking about the worst Vikings defense, this Cowboys defense is even worse. They only have one interception on the year, which I thought was pretty crazy. For comparison, Carson Wentz has only thrown three picks in his last three games compared to seven in the first four. Yikes. So starting to clean that up, uh, which is promising. Still not great. but Not great, <laughs> but better than seven in the first four. For sure. Um, Wentz is 3-4 versus the Cowboys Interesting. in his career. It's the only NFC East team that he's a losing record against. That makes sense. And I think about like the Super Bowl year and when he was still playing and was the MVP front runner. I remember that game against Dallas and when he like would break sacks and I still remember Dallas winning that game, but it just it it's surprising but not surprising that even when Carson Wentz was being talked about as like the next greatest up and comer, like still struggled against Dallas. And I wonder what people feel about this game because a lot of times when you see two sub five hundred teams in prime time, it's like, oh can we get a better game? But like I'm so excited to watch this game. <laughs> I think it's exciting because so much division will champion comes out of like this I, kind of thing. Listen, like I said when we talked about it, this this division is decided based off of how they play each other. That's that's all it is. And right now, right now the team best positioned is Washington because they've beaten both Philly and Dallas. Say I'm pretty high on Washington. I love Washington. Um, I mean, obviously, like they're still a two and five team or two and four, two and five team. But in terms of like winning the division, they look pretty solid. And so I agree with you. But as of week eight, this is the championship game right now. I mean, basically, so that's why it has intrigued to me. Uh, My last little thing about this is the Cowboys have scored less than ten in two weeks straight. That's the first time that that's happened since 2017 when Zeke was suspended. Yikes. So that offense is not clicking. I'm not even sure why. I can't remember. I didn't write this stat down, which I should have. But Zeke, no, I remember what it is. Zeke, so they've played seven games because they haven't had their bye yet. He has not rushed for 100 yards yet. So seven straight, that's the longest of his career. And I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, at this point with everything happening with your quarterback, I'd just be force feeding it. Yeah, right. I mean, he has had fumble issues, but dang, (laughs) I don't know. Regardless. So the last game I have to prep is something that we talked about earlier. It's the Steelers traveling to Baltimore. Harbaugh on his career is 10-2 following a bye week. So pretty good coming off that rest. Uh, Pittsburgh has scored 26-plus points in each game this year. They only did that in three of the 14 games that Ben missed last year. So you were talking about Ben uh, being... Important coming rounding out. He's obviously been very important to the team's success. Um, and we we're talking about that Steelers defense, but Baltimore has scored 20 plus points in 29 consecutive regular season games, which is the second longest streak 
of doing that in NFL history. Wow. Didn't do so well in the playoffs. No. In the last couple of years, I, but those no. regular season games, looking pretty good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a little no huddle forecasting. Not forecasting, but setting some games up for this week. A lot of good ones. There's, I mean, there's good ones every week, but <laughs> a lot of good ones. Yeah. All right. So now it's time for <gasps> Pal's Picks. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you uh, responded. That, that was the spooky setup for Pal's Picks. Yeah. We'll put a little uh, sound effect under that one, too. Okay. okay. Regardless. How did so, we do last week? Um, I was an overtime loss away from being three and zero, and you went one and two. So I almost had a clean sweep, and I was real excited. I'm so terrible. We man. are entering. You're I'm not terrible. You're not terrible. You're, doing, you're pretty great. <laughs> pretty darn great. So we are entering week eight. You have a record of ten and eleven. I have a record of twelve and nine. And um, we have some some good games here on on tap. So. Do you want to you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll give them to you first. I'm gonna turn the thing towards me. Move our pumpkin. <laughs> All right. So, um, first game we just talked. We mentioned it for a second. If it was in Pals Picks, we're not the Indianapolis Colts coming off their bye, facing the. In the last four weeks, the Lions are three and one. In the last four weeks, so they're three and three now, and the Indianapolis Colts are coming in at four and two after their big win last before the bye. And this is a fascinating game for me. How do you how do you feel? It is a fascinating game. Obviously, in my opinion, the Lions did not deserve to win the game last week against Atlanta. Um, I read a very fascinating statistic about Philip Rivers uh, in their wins. He's thrown like 900 yards and like somewhere like three or below picks i don't want to say it was just one because i'm pretty sure like that's just not true but in their losses he's thrown like 600 yards compared to four or five turnovers so it really it's very if he's playing well they win if he's struggling they lose uh i talking about uh the the lions defense obviously they allowed one 300 yard rusher i don't see this being the game where phillip's gonna blow it i'm gonna pick the colts i can obviously see the lions winning winning this game this is a swing one for me but i'm going to take the colts because i think the lines won't put pressure on on philip with that offensive line and hopefully philip just doesn't mess up okay so then we're going to go to the battle of two and four teams in the division the chargers and the broncos two teams that are looking up obviously herbert's been playing very very well he played very well against we talked about it in two big-time teams in the Bucks and the Saints in losses, and then they finally got their first win last week against the Jaguars. And the Broncos, who were without their quarterback for a while, their quarterback came back and they beat New England. Uh, obviously, they got crushed by the Chiefs last week, but no shame in that. Chiefs crushed a lot of people. So how do you see this one? Yeah, I uh, feel at first I was a little bit daunted by this game when you gave it to me. I'm feeling more resolute in my pick. I'm going to go with the LA Chargers. Okay. The Broncos are on a winning streak against the Chargers. Um, but I think it's very fascinating that you said they're two up-and-coming teams. Uh, I'm starting to get pretty low on the Denver Broncos, honestly. Okay. And I'm starting to really... The jury's out. I can't say this with total conviction, but I'm starting to worry a little bit about Drew Locke. Okay. The reason Drew Locke came in and had so much success success late last year is because he wasn't turning the ball over. Right. He's, he's been turning the ball over yeah. this season. So I'm, I'm a little bit, bit more weary about that. We haven't seen Justin Herbert make those mistakes 
uh, in in large quantities. I just feel more confident in the Chargers. I will say two things. One, Justin Herbert is on pace, like a 16-game pace. So if he had started the season and he was on this pace, he would be on pace for 38 touchdowns, 9 picks, and 4,900 yards, plus almost 500 yards rushing. So he's on a historic pace, especially for a rookie quarterback. Nice. So he's playing very well. Um, I will say this real quick about the Broncos. I feel differently about the Broncos. Obviously, I said they were up and coming. But we'll know a lot more after this week. Sure. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Heading into the final pals pick, we're talking about team in Chicago who I unmasked and you said low-hanging fruit. So maybe I already know what you're picking. Um, <laughs> no. I, I. This is actually a hard game for okay. me to pick, uh, although I don't truly believe in Chicago that that much. Okay. Um, but I also don't really know how I feel about New Orleans that that much. Obviously, they are a good record. They're a game out of their division, and they could be very much the division leader, if not just for their bye week. Uh, that's the only thing holding them back right now because they hold the, the tiebreaker over Tampa as it stands right now. I'll be curious. I don't know the status of their wide receivers and their weapons right now. I don't know if Sanders has been cleared to return to practice. I don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas, as I feel like a lot of people don't. At first, he got hurt in the first game. Then he was benched for disciplinary reasons and then he got hurt again um so i don't know if we're finally going to see michael thomas um but i will say this the bears on defense got beat up in the game against the rams i'm pretty sure eddie jackson is out for quite some time i know they had some other key injuries because of that i'm going to say that drew gets it done Oops, I erased it <laughs> on the road, uh, which is something that Drew hasn't always done, but just I feel more confident in the playmakers of the Saints than I do the Bears. All right. So you went with the Road Warriors again. Road Warriors. <laughs> almost paid off for me last week. It almost did. So turn it over to you. Uh, we'll give you a Thursday night special. Those Falcons that you said you would never pick again, you did, and they lost again. So is that going to sway this one as they take on the Panthers tomorrow night? I hate this game. <laughs> I w- I just I see I hate this game because I wish that the Panthers would be coming off you know wins and feeling good, but the, I don't feel good about the Panthers at all right now. And I felt good about how the Falcons looked. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I don't want to pick this game. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Falcons. Gonna pick the Falcons. Pick the Falcons. All right. Nice. You're consistent. Yeah. Uh, the game that, at first I was really surprised you didn't give me, uh, but maybe not with you thinking and talking about how the Steelers gave the Ravens such a hard time last year, but let's go to that AFC North divisional battle. The Steelers traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Yeah, I'll say this about Baltimore. I think that they have a very good chance to win this game, but considering, you know, looking at it just you know, black and white, the Steelers win this game. And I've been picked the Steelers to stay undefeated. Okay. I think it'll be a close contest. I think Lamar will play a little bit better. But Lamar's been kind of interesting this year in terms of he hasn't looked great at times. Uh, and other times he has looked great. So we'll see what happens. But this Steelers defense is legit and this Ravens defense is legit. I think it'll be more of a defensive than an offensive battle. Uh, sometimes it is. I'm seeing like a 17-14 win for Pittsburgh. All right. 
We'll say a little note about the Ravens. This is going to be the first time since they were in Jacksonville that we've seen Calais Campbell and Ngakwe where they were part of Saxonville. Yeah, I mean, so that's Baltimore went out and, and got scary. those pieces. I'm, I'm super intrigued to see that. But like you said, Steelers are protecting Big Ben well. Last but not least, I'm going to go give you a Seahawks game this time. Those 49ers, which you you were down on a little bit, traveling up to Seattle to take yeah. on the Seahawks. I slashed them. I don't think they're going to win a game in the next three weeks. I think Seattle wins this game. All right. Uh, I think it. that Seattle wins this game pretty convincingly. I don't see it being close. I mean, I could be wrong. Obviously, it's a divisional matchup, and we know what happens in Seattle games. <laughs> uh, but I just think that Russell and them are upset about losing that tight one to Arizona. I think they're just going to come out slinging, and I think they're going to hang 30-plus on them. You know – as a pseudo Seahawks fan, a Russell Wilson supporter, I'm not going to be opposed to that. Right. But this is a rematch, the first rematch of what, in my opinion, were two of the best games last year. They were. They and really were. the 49ers are not that team right now. Right. But I will not be surprised to know. I won't I won't be either. I don't want anybody to think that. I'm not saying I mean, surprised the really Seahawks think... wins, but I think this is going to be a really good yeah, game. Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if it's a good game either because obviously you just said they were two of the best games last year. But... I just I don't believe in the 49ers, and I still believe in the Seahawks. All right, there we go. So you almost were the road warrior, except for taking the Seahawks. You took the Falcons over the Panthers, the Steelers over the Ravens, and the 49ers over the Seahawks. All right, let's go real quick through some prop table. Let's round this out. Let's round this out real quick. So we're removing the Crowder pick uh, from the docket because he didn't play. Uh, so in that Had case— Had he played, I still feel very confident in that. And you went uh, one, two, three, four, and— I think I'm four and four. Four and four with your picks. So middle of the uh, road. I'm okay with that. You got Diggs was less than 77 and a half. Singletary you got right with uh, less than 55 and a half. So, but that's the reason. So, but when I was talking about being down on it, it's because I was so high on the Allen thing. Right. Which is when I was like, I remember you saying like, I got you on this one. Right. I was so high on Allen coming yeah. into the game that I thought Singletary yeah. wouldn't. That yeah. was my reasoning behind that. Uh, and then uh, Julio Jones had more than six and a half receptions, so he Make, didn't get that one. Makes me happy. Galladay had more than 77 and a half, though most of it went on that final drive. Uh, Tannehill versus Big Ben, you got wrong because Big Ben had more yards. Uh, Even whip. Chase Claypool versus A.J. Brown, you got A.J. Brown right. And then Deontay Johnson, you got right because, because of the of half the reception bonus, but you did get it right. So we're going to do one, two, three, four, four. We got six for this week. All right, let's do it. We're going real quick. Juju Smith-Schuster, four and a half receptions, more or less. More for sure. More for sure. Okay. Mark Andrews, 57 and a half receiving yards. That one's tough because he has not been a yardster. He's been a touchdown guy. Uh, I'm going to say less. Okay, we're going less. Then we're going to go... And Matt Stafford, 275 and a half passing yards against the Colts. 275 against the Colts. 275. Yeah, I think that'll happen. More? Okay. So then we're going to go Phillip Rivers in the same game, 245 and a half passing yards. Uh, If they have a chance of winning, I think they have to do that. Okay. So I'm going to say yes. Kenny Galladay, four and a half receptions, more or less. Because of the way I'm thinking Stafford, I'm going to correlate them and say more. All right, now let's go to the Seattle-San Francisco game. DK Metcalf, 83.5 receiving yards, more or less. Wow, this is so hard because, <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, yes, so easily, but they almost did nothing right. against Patrick Peterson. Um, but 
I don't see the 49ers having a cornerback of Peterson's caliber right now, so I'm going to say things get back on track with DK, and I'm going to say, yes, that happened. All right, and then the final one, we're going to the Chargers, and the Broncos, our new fantasy running back, Melvin Gordon, 55.5 rushing yards. Uh, that's so tough because I was really impressed with Lindsay and his return. And he's injured now. Oh, Lindsay's injured again? Mm-hmm. Oh, then I'm, yes, pretty confident in that then. Okay. I didn't know he got hurt again. He did, yes. That stinks. So we're going Josh's 4-4, four and four, and a lot of mores you picked this week. You only picked one less, which was Mark Andrews receiving yards. So. All right, let's do a quick fantasy fanatics as we're rounding down the show here. Yeah. So we had a tough loss last week. Got beat by like 20 points, and we lost to the number two team. So we're the number three team at 4-3, and three, uh, but there's a – couple of four and three teams behind us and a couple of three and four teams behind them so it's very tight uh coming here on yahoo our roster right now russell wilson deontay johnson we did get rashad higgins off waivers uh mike davis melvin gordon george kittle juju smith schuster on our bench antonio gibson lavisca chenault damian harris jerry judy joshua kelly jameson crowder obviously mccaffrey still on ir and then our kicker in defense mcmanus and buffalo so, um, I don't know how – we're, we're going to have to make decisions with the Pittsburgh receivers, obviously, depending on health, uh, between Juju and Deontay. And then I think, you know, we're looking at receivers between Judy and Crowder, depending on who plays. But I still like our team. I like our team, too. You know, you can't overreact over over a loss, right. especially to a good team. But feel fine about it. And we're playing um, – the second worst team in the league. We're still the highest scoring team in the league, by the way. Nice. By a solid 10 points. So, all right, player of the week. Player of the week. I'm going to go with one Le'Veon Bell. Wow. I think okay. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are going to dial up some things to let him dig into the Jets. Uh, that doesn't mean I think he's going to be the main ball carrier. I think they're just going to give him some plays maybe near the end zone or the yeah, near the end zone when they're in the red zone. Maybe they're going to scheme up some some pass plays for him, but they're going to let him get at least one revenge touchdown against Gase. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than one. Okay. So I'm going to go with Bell. I could This is the one I felt the least confident in in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I'm just really going into that revenge narrative of how this goes. Okay. Uh, but I think it's going to it's going to translate. All right, well, so I'm going to our running back in Melvin Gordon. Uh, Lindsay's in the concussion protocol. I It's possible he could play. I don't think he does play personally, but Melvin Gordon last week had 70 rushing yards and a touchdown. He also had two receptions. Now he did have – he did lose a fumble, so that was pretty bad. But I just think that Lindsay coming off – It was like off, a really ugly-looking fumble. Yeah. Too. I just uh, – Lindsay coming off an injury – Tough. I think that the Chargers, the Chargers give up the twentieth most uh, fantasy points to running backs. I just think Melvin Gordon's due for a big day, and I think he has a big day. Okay, so, I like Gordon. that. Like that a lot. All right, that was fantasy fanatics, and I think is that all. We're going on to Friends Fortune now. Friends Fortune. Oh yeah, you get to go first this week. All right, it's gonna be quick because I have it almost scripted out. His back hurts now. Boy's just falling apart. All right, everybody, I am going to go to the Cleveland Browns-Las Vegas Raiders game. OBJ is now out for the season, uh, which 
correlates to what I'm about to say. Landry has not been targeted more than nine times in a game this season. He has not had more, he has not passed 90 yards and has not had a touchdown. I'm going to say that Jarvis will catch 10 plus passes for over a buck 20. I said a buck 20 because Adam doesn't like when people say a buck for 100, so a buck 20 and at least one touchdown. So he's going to surpass all the things that he's done thus far on the season. Jarvis Landry, go make another juice proud, man. Okay. Oh, my back hurts. My back does hurt. Ooh, friend's fortune. Okay, so we're going to that Denver-LA game that Josh was so confident about with the Chargers. And I'm going to say we talked about Drew Locke has struggled with turnovers recently. And I say that not only do the Devin Broncos win, but Drew Locke has a turnover-free game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. Wow. You were speedy this week. I was ready to go. You also said something during the show that sparked it, so I was I was very confident. But thanks for listening to the show, friends. This was our Halloween episode. And Josh is very confused. I mean, I know it's Monster Mash, but... <laughs> so, we want to thank you for listening to our Halloween episode. Hey, yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great, happy, safe Halloween. Yeah. Um, I know it's a Halloween unlike any we've ever had. That's for sure. But maybe scarier than anything is Adam Rossi's inability to beat me in fantasy football. God bless. Have a great week eight, everybody. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. <laughs> he did the monster match.